0: This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q. Hello, parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. My name is Carlos Whitaker, and I'm co-hosting this episode with my amiga.
1: Kristen Ivey.
0: Kristen. Hey, friend.
1: Hey, Carlos.
0: We're, we're, we're back for another episode of Parent Q Live. And t- today we're talking about um, a particular relationship that i mean i'm gonna assume every parent is going to be a part of right at of some course. point i mean unless maybe
1: you trying to think of a reason yeah i'm trying to think of reason trying to why. Think of any reason yeah, why
0: like maybe if you live like in the in the appalachian hills like far away from a road <laughs> let's just let's just get to it we're, today we're talking about parents and teachers that's
1: right teachers yeah
0: you, you were a teacher
1: i was a teacher
0: i you know what's what's weird is i didn't know you in your teacher world so looking across the table at you, <laughs> imagining you being a te- you were a um,
1: high, school, high teacher. school teacher. So yeah, I taught sophomores in high school, you my did. first year out of college. So I was no way. barely were- <laughs> older than they were. Oh it, yeah, it was amazing. I don't have a height advantage. No. So I had to like wear heels and try to act like I was severe and intense. And wow. no, I mean, how many years did you do that? I taught for two years.
0: And then what were you teaching?
1: I taught English and I was also certified for biology Okay. and so my second year I was teaching English and biology, splitting the day so I would be like a little bit on the English hall, a little bit on the bio hall. Oh, I mean uh, what a split. Oh yeah, I mean it was teaching Macbeth one period and then dissecting frogs the next. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was amazing and then um, coaching cheerleading on the side. Okay, yes,
0: yes. This I I did know about your circus performing life before. (laughs) Before, yes. uh, before you became the hostess of Parent Q Live. Right. Um, but here's the deal. We, uh, we obviously want to help parents that are listening to the podcast nurture relationships with teachers. We, we believe that it's, it's a valuable, valuable, obviously a valuable relationship to have. Maybe lean in a little bit as to, as to here at Parent Q why we really want to push into this relationship.
1: Well, there's probably not another adult in your kid's life who really spends the same amount of time with your kid as a teacher. Yeah. There's so many reasons why we really value a relationship with teachers and yet it's also easy for us as parents and and I'm going to say this and you know don't judge me here. Okay, okay. T- but I yeah. just think sometimes there's tension in yeah. the relationship. Sure. Like there's just sometimes this thing where parents can be negative about teachers or yeah. teachers can be negative about parents. You know, in your friend groups, maybe it sounds like our teacher, she assigns too much homework. Our teacher doesn't understand the stress of our life. Our teachers, um, they don't understand this particular thing about my kid. So they're not responding to my kid the way they should. And some of those can be very valid. Sure. Yeah. But there's there's just reasons we can sometimes have tension in the relationship. And on the other side.
0: Yeah. Talk to us as the teacher now. As as
1: an educator, there's a tendency over time sometimes. Yep. To feel negative about parents if they're not, you know, reading every email or responding yeah. to your classroom rules the way you hope, or they're not engaging. Um, you know, you sent home the memo, but then they say they didn't see it. Yeah. Or there was this assignment due, and you gave a month and a half worth <laughs> right. of notices, and you <laughs> right. stayed up late. And you know, teachers, they're working hard. Yeah. For a kid, and it's a job of passion. It's Absolutely. a job that's a calling. So many people get into it because they really are living out. Um, a calling, yeah, to serve our children and they well. Love,
0: they love this,
1: but it's hard work, yeah, and so sometimes feels underappreciated. The, yeah. All of those things, I think, roll up into sometimes creating tension, sure, in no, the absolutely. relationship, right? Yeah,
0: no, no, it's true, and you know, and I, I, we look at and we're talking about the the relationship between parent and teacher, but you know, every kid does have a favorite teacher, and there's mm. there's a reason why they were they were your favorite teacher. I mean, I know for Sohela um, this year, she had an English teacher last year that had been teaching English at their homeschool co-op forever, and she loved her her sophomore year. And then she was just excited about her her junior and senior year, but that teacher's not there anymore. She mm. retired, and so I mean, literally, my daughter's in tears. And I said, "Why do you love her so much?" She goes, "Because she made me feel like I could do it." Uh. And 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 she goes, "And I'm just having a hard time with my my new teacher because." She's not making me feel that way. And it was, it showed, it was the first time for me, because we homeschool our kids, but they go to, they do have teachers at this co-op. It was the first time I thought, wow, this, this relationship with the, with the student is so important that maybe I need to invest a little bit more into these teachers. Right. Because I mean, obviously that's going to work wonders, right?
1: And if you're listening to this, you probably have a teacher you remember I mean, there was a teacher somewhere who believed in you, who saw you, who saw your potential, made you feel like you could do it, made you feel like you had something special. Even when, you know, maybe in your own mind, you think back and you're like, wow, that third grade essay that I wrote might not have been as fantastic as she made it sound. But I mean, you can probably imagine a teacher in your mind right now who influenced you.
0: Yes. Yes. Miss Cross. Yeah. Miss, miss, I mean, I, I totally remember who she was. It was 10th grade. I, I'm the worst math student on the planet. I didn't understand it, But I, I was excited to go to class because she made it fun. And and honestly, she helped. She was teaching me like, mm. I, you know, I wasn't just getting an F like I was having a hard time, but she was she made me feel supported. And I mean, again, as a, as a parent, there's a reason why every teacher. This is something else I learned, too, especially in the conversation we're going to lean into today. Um, but every teacher has, there, there's a moment where they decide, I'm going to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the career path that most people are going to dream of, of, <laughs> of, you know, of, of becoming.
1: No, I like to tell jokes. Sometimes I get a chance to talk with teachers and in services and things like that. And I joke with educators because <laughs> there's such an inside language to it. There's such a... Some nuances that you're like, you know, the rest of the adult world did not select a career where they can only go to the bathroom when a bell rings. You know, I mean, there's not, most people don't choose a profession where they have to pay money to wear their own jeans on a Friday. Right, 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 right. right. You just live in a different kind of space. Yeah. And you do that because you care about kids.
0: Absolutely. So, one of the reasons why we wanted to have this particular interview today is because uh, when we're releasing this particular episode of the podcast, it is the beginning of a school year and we wanted to really lean into this question like what what is it we can do to set ourselves up for success this year
1: yeah and so we've asked some of our parent friends to answer that question for you here's what they said
0: the best advice that i ever received as a parent for surviving the school year well is um, it's twofold. I got, I got two really great pieces of advice. The first one is to have a schedule, have a daily schedule and try to stick to that as best you can. You wake up at the same time, breakfast at the same time, bed at the same time, or, or books or bath or whatever that looks like. You try your best to stick to that schedule. The second piece of advice that I got that I felt like was really great was dinner time becomes a reset for the whole day. Like you sit down at dinner to kind of recenter in our home. To make it a point to connect with each other over the good that's happened, maybe the challenging that's happened.
2: The best piece of advice that I've received for surviving a school year well was from my daughter's first grade teacher. We were at our teacher conference and we were talking about grades and my daughter was not doing super well and I think it was math at the time, and she's and I said, you know what? I honestly I just want elementary school to be a place where she learns to interact with other people who are different from her, just learn how to read, learn how to add. And if she's not the smartest in the class, I'm okay with that. And the teacher looked at me and she said, if you can hold on to that for the rest of your school year, you will do so much better and have so much less stress than worrying about if your daughter is the smartest in the class or if she's in the gifted program or if she's going to like go to college while just thinking about first grade. So I have adopted that for every school year that we face. My daughter's now in fifth grade and it has made my life so much easier and just taken the pressure off.
3: The best advice that I ever received regarding how to finish a school year well is to help my kids understand the importance of time management. There's always going to be something that uh, they could fill their time with, whether it's sports or youth group or friends or going to watch their friends play sports. And we just figured out that if you help them on the front end with their time management understanding that there's only so many hours in the day and that your number one job is to get an education it uh, it sets expectations for um, what you need to get accomplished.
1: As a homeschooler the best piece of advice I got for surviving the school year with multiple kids and multiple levels was to just go at the pace of my kid and stop comparing them to everybody else. Of the four of our kids, they're each different, and they had different paces and they had different personalities. They had different learning styles. So I guess more than going the pace, it was don't compare with all the other kids because really they eventually do graduate and they do it well. So comparison or not comparing is probably... One of the best things that allowed me to let go of some, some stress.
0: Those were great. Hopefully, you guys learned something from some of our friends, Kristen's friends, my friends, uh, that'll help you guys navigate this school year a little bit better this year. Kristen, why don't you let us know a little bit more about what we're about to get into?
1: So we get to have a conversation with Pam Paddock, who is an amazing educator. She was also Fulton County's Teacher of the Year. And that may not mean a lot when you just say it right up front, but Fulton County has 7,500 teachers. She was selected as the teacher for the year. So it's no coincidence that she rose to the top as a really sharp person that we wanted to learn from as parents. And Carlos, you had a chance to talk with Pam. So
0: let's head on over and take a listen. So Pam, thanks for hanging out with us here on Parent Q Live.
4: Of course, thanks for having me. How's your day going? All right, it's good. It's busy. <laughs> it's, it's a busy day. It's yeah. a busy
0: day. That's amazing. Uh, let's just get, let's get right into it. So there's there's sure. this is a podcast for parents. There's parents that are listening, um, and you know it's funny. Just yesterday on Instagram, there was some um, some parent that I follow that you know took her, took her kid to a new school system and she was completely overwhelmed by everything. She just was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to log into this and that. Oh yeah. What happened to the textbooks and just a piece of paper and you know, everything's obviously getting progressive and probably more complicated. Um, And you're in that world. You're like, you're like in the midst of all that you're talking to parents here. So we're just going to go through a couple things that I think parents would love to hear from you. First of all, um, when, when, when did you know that you wanted to become a teacher? Because although you're a, you're an assistant vice principal now, mm-hmm. um, you've been a teacher. Yes. And so, so where, where did that spark come from in you?
4: So, when I was in elementary school, I knew I wanted to be a, stu- uh, a teacher. Yeah. I actually, my mom was a teacher, so I would line up my stuffed animals and teach them. And no. when we go to the um, teacher store, I would take home the certificates and give them to my stuffed animals for doing a really good job yes. in my class. That's <laughs> and then awesome. um, I remember vividly when I was in fifth grade, I would go down to a kindergarten classroom uh-huh. and read with them in the morning in Miss Blue's class. I still no remember. Way. And she actually gave me my first teaching ornament, which I still have. No way. So, I've always known since then um, in college I went to UGA go dogs go and dogs they I, were so
0: close last year
4: yes so, oh, so, it was painful it was so very close. painful I'm hoping for a good year this yes, year okay. Um, but I did a Saturday school and worked with students there okay. and then I was hired as a fifth grade teacher okay actually I was hired to be first grade mm-hmm. and then about a week before school started they said oh numbers aren't there you're gonna move to fifth yeah watched are you smarter than a fifth grader decided I wasn't and <laughs> cried. But it ended up being awesome, and I loved fifth grade. So I taught fifth grade, and then um, I had a really great opportunity. I was observed, and I ended up being the county's teacher of the year.
0: Wow. So from that- And what county are we talking about? Fulton County. Fulton County, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay.
4: So I got to be the teacher of the year for the county, which afforded me a lot of great opportunities. Yeah. Um, And I got to be on some panels and say, I like the way that we do this. Here's some other things that we could do. And uh, I found out that I had- I could affect more students than just the students in my classroom, wow. which I loved. So that's yeah. what got me to the administrative role. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it.
0: Okay. So, so how many years have you been kind of in in education?
4: So I taught for six years. I'm okay. starting my fifth year as an assistant principal. Okay. So fifth year as an assistant mm-hmm.
0: principal, and um, and w- when you're looking at you know ways to affect the the bigger spectrum mm-hmm. of kids of students, like what are you looking at? Like like what what are you looking for? Kind of in the in the riffles of the ponds that you're floating in mm-hmm.
4: you know, um, I really enjoy coaching teachers and oh, working awesome. with teachers and um, I'm kind of a data nerd too so I like looking okay. at the data and saying okay here are some decisions that we can make instructionally based off of this data yes. and not just taking one piece like a standardized test score and saying yeah. okay well that's where we make our decisions yeah. but really looking at the whole child and looking at trends and helping teachers understand what the best decisions are for kids
0: Trends What mm-hmm. what trends are you seeing these days?
4: So so, uh, we do a lot of assessments yeah. especially in the beginning of the year starting okay. off the school year the teachers are working on establishing their environment and their classroom yeah. and the relationships there but they're also trying to figure out what do students know yeah so yeah. i mean and that can range from kindergarten to fifth grade uh-huh. letter sounds right but then also reading we do a lot of um, one-on-one assessments okay. where the students read out loud to the teachers and then the teachers ask questions. So they're able to figure out, okay, yes, there are some standardized test scores that said this, but what is it that students know and what will take them to the next level? Sure. So really pinpointing what that is, yeah. and it's different for every kid. It is, it's mm-hmm. different for every kid. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, all, all of the, all of these learnings happen in, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, I'd love to ask you this, what are some things you miss about the day-to-day in the classroom with these kids?
4: I miss that day-to-day yeah. piece, right? So, um, having a relationship with all of those students and being able to be their cheerleader all along. I get to be a cheerleader for a lot of the students as a whole, but really that day in and day out pieces. I mean, we had so much fun in my classroom. We had a rule in my classroom that I wasn't allowed to sit unless I was working with a student in a small group or writing conference. Okay. And I just thought that changed the energy of the classroom if you're sitting. Uh So um, one time I was using the document projector in my classroom to show something and they're like, um, you're sitting. <laughs> and I was like well of course I'm they're sitting like I'm using you. this document projector to show to the students what they uh to show everybody what they need to know yeah and they're like mm, yeah but that's not the rule <laughs> so I ended up getting up jumping from chair to chair jumping on the counters and it changed the energy yeah so those are the pieces that I missed because it would be a little strange if the assistant principal came in your room and started <laughs> just jumping on the chairs and the tables but yeah. I have other teachers who um, I used to do a lot of songs in my classroom and singing. Uh-huh. And so I've had teachers come in and say, hey, can you help me write a song for this? Or I know that you used this song when you taught, when yeah. you teach it to my students. Yeah. And I just love those moments. So good. Yep. So
0: good. So t- talking about, do you, do you get to run into kids? That, that you maybe taught nine years ago now?
4: So I actually, um, my first year of teaching taught fifth grade, okay. and those students, um, I volunteered an organization called Young Life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I um, helped those students. Know- middle school and high school no and a few of them even came to my wedding over the summer <laughs> so yep That's yep. Incredible. so it's great having those relationships yeah. with students because they know you care yeah. so they will perform for you yeah. or try their best i
0: love it i love it uh you get a window into a kid's world that honestly most parents don't get um what what is that like because again as as a parent i've mm-hmm. got a i've got a 16 year old a 14 year old and a 12 year old And I mean, the truth of the matter is they're with their, their teachers and their peers Mm -hmm. more than they are with me during a normal day. Mm -hmm. So what is that like to get that, that kind of window into a kid's soul? That maybe some parents can't see
4: right and during the day when you're doing the academic pieces yeah. like you get to know what they know and what they don't know and what it is to take them to the next level but the interesting piece is looking at those unstructured times right so in elementary school that's recess but across yeah. the gamut you've got lunch right some of the specials time just mm. looking at how students interact with their peers yeah. during that time um, so because at home with their parents, a lot of that time that's even unstructured is set up for them, right? Sure. So at recess, how do you join a game that you'd like to join? Yeah. Like How do you start those interactions with others? So seeing those pieces and coaching uh-huh. students on that, but also if it's easy for some students, what about the students that it's not easy yeah, for to join sure. those groups? And how do you be a good friend yeah. by bringing those students yeah. in and coaching students on how to do those pieces?
0: I love that. I mean, let's just let's stay there for a second. Mm-hmm. Say, say, there's a parent that is listening. That's like, well, my kid is the one that has a hard time at recess. They mm-hmm. have a hard time joining other friend groups. They have a like, like, what is coached to that kid? Like, like, what are maybe some some things that the parent can even say, knowing that their kid has a hard time with that? That can help because they're not there. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not at recess, mm-hmm. so they're not going to be able to hold their kid's hand and say, "This is Johnny."
4: Right, and. Uh, so as this is in principle sometimes i see students after yeah. that right because they don't know the right way to do it and sometimes they do it inappropriately yeah so t- having those explicit cues for them saying mm. like can i join your group
3: that you looks go. fun yeah. you know
4: or even just doing role of play with them yeah. so that way they say that they understand it okay so i'm going to be playing over here you come and join my group and yeah. just having them practice that It's a
0: great way. Love it. No, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I don't know why I use Johnny as the example. It's the typical name, right? I don't know when the last time I met a little kid that's named Johnny, That's true. Uh, We've
4: got Johns, but not a whole lot of Johnnies. All all the Johnnies I know
0: are 55 years (laughs) old. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, Okay, so I'm a parent. There's parents that are listening to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, School years just kicked off uh, for most parents that are out there. Um, let's, let's, let's pretend for a second Parent parents, as you're listening, just close your eyes unless you're driving and you're walking into your, the open house, the, mm-hmm. your, your kid's room for uh, homeroom for just a, a moment. Um, and they're going to walk up to you as a teacher. What advice would you give parents to help them start the school year? Well, now some parents have, maybe their kids have been in, in for a month, mm-hmm. but we, it's still fresh and you still have an opportunity to start well. What are some tips you'd give some parents?
4: Um, so one thing would be just to know that we love your kids. Yeah. We love them. We want the best for them, right? So like I said earlier, kids are doing a lot of assessments in the beginning the year, so we're getting to know them that way, but we're uh-huh. also getting to know them socially. Um, as a assistant principal, I don't always get to make the happiest of phone calls, right? <laughs> sure. Like sometimes I have to share some news that's not the greatest. Yeah. And it's hard for parents to hear, too. Um, but I always try to establish that relationship with the students so that I can establish a relationship with parents and say, okay, so tell me what happened first. Mm-hmm. Because when you get a call from me, sometimes it's, you know, you wanna defend your student. Absolutely. And you defend your kid. And so knowing, okay, this this is what happened. Yeah. And being able to say to that student and to that parent, you know what, that would really hurt my feelings too. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like here's a different way to handle that. Yeah. But I get it. If somebody said that to me or yeah. somebody acted like that to me, I'd have a hard time too. Yeah. And so just acknowledging that uh-huh. and that kind of, that lets the parent know, okay, you do care about my child. Yeah. You wanted to know what, um, their, uh, what their situation was sure. and their point of view. Yeah. Um, another thing would just be asking questions mm. to your student. Yeah. So not just like the what happened at school today because okay. lunch and recess, yep, those are my favorite parts, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But um, in one of the books that we read was The Four Agreements by Uh Don Ruiz, and talking about, as our school, we actually live by those four agreements, and so one of them is don't make assumptions, right? So the way that you don't make assumptions is by asking clarifying questions. Mm. So as your child comes home and says different things, like, I mean, the easiest one is thinking about math, right? And how we teach math a different way because we want students to be able to explain their thinking, Uh and that's different than what we learned growing up too. So being able to just ask, okay, well, tell me about that. How did your teacher explain it? Or, okay, so walk me through this. Mm, That is difficult. Let's talk about that and ask questions about it. And if you're not sure, ask the teacher about it too. And so just that piece of not making assumptions and asking clarifying questions is huge.
0: And I like that you said asking clarifying questions Mm -hmm. because there is a difference Mm -hmm. between a parent that just asks questions for the sake of a question, Mm -hmm. you know, and clarifying. Can you maybe talk about that for a little bit? Mm
4: -hmm. So, you just sharing a situation that happened and thinking about, okay, so this is what my child came home and said happened in math. Yeah. Um, One time I had a parent asked me a clarifying question because she <laughs> said, her child said that I said that there was no more homework for the rest of the year, it was February. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I, I, this is probably a wish, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, clearly that's not what's actually happening. Right. But um, try, this is that's gonna good. be our schedule for the rest of the year. So yeah. just asking clarifying questions, anything that's specific, yeah. giving context to it. Yeah. This is what I heard, I just wanna hear what you have to say yeah. too.
3: Look, I know it's in the middle of the interview, but we have something we're so excited about. If you're a parent and you're listening to this podcast, well, we have something exciting for you. Parent Q Live is coming to a city near you. This is a night where parents can learn and laugh together. This two-hour unique experience for parents only features engaging communicators like Kristen Ivey, Carlos Whitaker, John Acuff, Reggie Joyner, and so many more. You'll also receive practical resources and you'll also get to interact with the community to help you redefine how you parent this next year. Whether you realize it or not, what you do every week in a kid's life is making history, and that's why we're coming to a city near you to help you be more connected, more present, more engaged, more aware, and more confident. For more information, go to tour.parentq.org
0: yeah so 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 i mean you would say that 10 out of 10 teachers are gonna are are okay with parents really leaning in oh absolutely to to those things absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. no that's good that's good i think sometimes as a at least for me as a dad, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to bother the teachers. But it's a so partnership yeah. between the
4: teacher and the family. Yeah. Right. And in order for a student to succeed, uh-huh. you have to partner yeah. and do your best so that that child knows that they're loved on all ends yes. and that they can do their best. Love so it. don't be afraid to ask questions yeah. at all.
0: Love it. I love it. Okay. Um, okay. So moving from open house now, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways that you've seen parents build kind of going off of what we were just talking mm-hmm. about, uh, build positive connections with their kids' teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what are what are ways that parents can really get a healthy partnership with a teacher?
4: So reading things that come home okay. from the parent, <laughs> from the teacher there that explain, go. this is what we're going on in school. And yeah. then that allows you to have a more rich conversation or a yeah. richer conversation with their child about what you're learning in uh-huh. school. Um, another piece is just, engaging right yeah. so that could be based off of that and it doesn't necessarily mean volunteering okay. because that can be tough if you're working sure you can't always be in the classroom or yeah. show up to a party but what are ways that you can engage when we did um in fifth grade we did a titanic simulation oh, okay right and so we had, how did you do that we had um different readers on different levels of about titanic so it's yep. all informational text it was high interest to the students yeah and we went into the media center and i actually partnered um with I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were doing a... T- it was the Titanic exhibit okay. downtown. Oh, wow. Okay. And they had one of their curators actually come and speak to the students as well. But when you would go through that exhibit, you would actually get a card that said a real passenger's name. Oh. And um, at the end of the exhibit, you would find out how that's... If that passenger survived or yeah. what their history was. So they partnered with us and gave us all of those cards. Yeah. So then the students took on yeah. the um, personality of the those people and they would come in and so I had some parents engage in a way that they were volunteers yeah. they, I had parents that were pretending to be in the orchestra oh, as you awesome. know um, some that were helping like we had apple cider yeah. you know like would go around I had one dad who was the lookout. So he knew at a specific time to start shouting certain things. So I had parents that were in that way. Uh I also had parents just were like, okay, we can send in some materials to help with that. I had other parents who just talked to their kids about it and about what a great, you know, like ask them questions Uh about it. So those are all ways to engage and partner and It just makes it a good partnership. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. no,
0: that's so good. One one of the things that I'm just going to, I'm just going to use you now as my Mm -hmm. own therapist here, um, (laughs) as, as, as a dad of like, you know, now I've got high schoolers, their homework now is like way past anything Mm -hmm. that my mind can even code, you know, Mm -hmm. my daughter's or her chemistry homework. I, Mm -hmm. as a dad, I don't know, I don't know this stuff. Like I, I can't, yeah, I feel like I can't help her, but how important is it, um, for, once the kids go home and Mm -hmm. homework time and, you know, the the academia side of of my kids at home doing work, you know, on Saturdays and work working, how Mm -hmm. how important is it for the parent to stay involved in that side of things as well?
4: Absolutely. So even though you might not understand the content of it is how do you teach those study skills, right? Like, are there certain routines that you put in place? Are there different ways that you could figure out that your child studies better? Yeah. Visual learner, more kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. Do they need to actually start moving pieces around in order to best learn it? Is it more auditory? Do you just want to sit and read the questions to your child? Um, Help them. I mean, you've got iPhones everywhere, right? So record questions. uh, The student can record questions on there and then practice answering if they like to hear it. But helping your child figure out the best way to study and setting those routines, that's an easy way to engage even though you don't understand the content.
0: So good. So good. This is all so good. I (laughs) I literally just want to keep you asking questions about my kids. I know know that you're, you got stuff to do, but um, okay. So, one of the things that we love to do um, here, and we do it every single week on the mm-hmm. podcast, is we give a parent, parents that are listening, like a, a cue, we're called parent cue. We wanna give them just one cue. They don't have to do 15 things. Right. So w- what could be one simple thing that any parent listening to this podcast um, could do this week to help partner with the school? You know, So we're not talking about just how to, how to be a better parent to your kid that's in school. No, we actually mm-hmm. wanna learn how to partner with either a teacher or the school in general? What's what's one cue that you can give the parents?
4: So it all comes down to relationships, Okay. right? So we talked about the relationships that teachers have with students and the teachers want with the parents. And so it comes down to the relationship piece. So in order to form a relationship, you want to get to know more about the other person, yeah. right? And let the other person know that you care. So when you're talking to your student about something that happened during the school day, just even whatever sticks out to them about that week. Yeah. Letting... The teacher know and acknowledging it and saying, "Hey, thanks yeah. for this. My child came home and talked about this really great thing that happened in your classroom. That was awesome. That's I so mean, cool. I had." Um, and as an administrator this past week we did an Ellis Island simulation with fifth grade okay. and I had a parent email me and about uh, three other adults that were part of the simulation said hey my child had a really great time at that simulation and she named you four by name as having an impact wow. on it thanks for all you do for my kid wow and that stuck with me yeah right so it's just a very simple three sentence email that yeah. has an impact and helps build
1: those relationships.
0: really and so when those again that, that's that's the parent depositing something into mm-hmm. the soul of the teacher mm-hmm. which is in, in turn obviously going to return back mm-hmm. you know to who they oh, are absolutely i love it i love it well Pam, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was awesome. Was um, awesome.
4: Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back up on the show. Um, Sounds great. Enjoy the rest of the school year. It's, thank it's you. just beginning. Yes. And so we'll be we'll be thinking about you and all those things. And so we'll see you next time on Parent Live.
1: Wow that was an amazing conversation that last part that cue is just unbelievable as a former teacher i i've literally never heard of that happen your,
0: your mouth almost dropped when you heard the cue
1: yeah i mean i have a lot of friends who are teachers and oftentimes it is a kind of job where there's just not a ton of appreciation you don't often hear from a second grader like wow those hours you put into that lesson plan really paid off for my life. You know, that (laughs) just totally totally moved me as a fourth grader. (laughs) And you you just don't get the same kind of appreciation um, and immediate feedback. So that would just be incredibly meaningful to hear a few words to go, that lesson that you really worked on, that you poured your heart into, it actually came home. Someone talked (laughs) about it, you know.
0: That's so good. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, listen, I've never been a teacher before, but I do know when somebody tells me that I've done a good job, somebody that I wasn't expecting, that's mm. it. That's it. Someone I wasn't expecting to tell me right. that. Can you imagine what that would have done for you? Right.
1: Like you didn't have to say it. You went out of your way to say it. Yeah. And to be appreciative. I heard a long time ago, this stat that most of us hear seven words of criticism for every one word of affirmation. Wow. And that just... You know, it kind of sticks with you, but professionally, that's oftentimes really true that we begin to hear the critics in our life a lot louder than the affirming words. So what an amazing cue. And also to see that as an investment in your kid's education. Yes. When you show gratitude and appreciation to your kid's teacher, it actually helps strengthen a relationship that will pay off in your kid's life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love it. I love it. Do it, guys. Do it. Figure it out. Um, whether it's a text or an email, however it is that you contact the teacher, do that this week. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with Kristen and I for another episode of Parent Q Live. So much good stuff is coming down the pipeline, so make sure that you guys subscribe, share this, do all the things we need you to do, and we'll see you next time on Parent Q Live. Thanks for joining us on Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please subscribe and follow us at Parent Q.